strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Well, maybe not at the Circle K, but definitely here on Money's Crazy Mind. Bill and Ted Face the Music dropped to the world yesterday. We're going to do a spoiler-free look at it right here on Money's Crazy Mind. Hey, Monkey, start the show. Warning. Money's Crazy Mind contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised, but will be completely f- ignored. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast about everything and nothing all at the same time. This is Money's Crazy Mind. Good moment, everybody. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Money's Crazy Mind. I am, of course, Lee Money. And yesterday, the world was introduced to Bill and Ted Face the Music. And before we get into that, I just want to say happy Power Rangers Day to everybody out there in Nerdland. Today marked the day that the very first episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers hit the air. And I gotta tell you, even though I was a little bit older than the demographic that Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was kind of looking at at that time, that show enamored me in ways that I don't think I could ever possibly talk about. Um, I've met several of the original Power Rangers. I've met David Yost, uh, Jason David Frank, and Karen Ashley, and they have all been tremendously cool. And like I said, I was about maybe from 10 years old, maybe a little bit younger when the original Power Rangers hit the air for the first time. And the show was just fun. It was cool. It was different. And you know, it just kind of made me, it, it made, it, it, it was enjoyable. You know, me and my cousin, who are about four or five days apart, literally, um, you know, we both enjoyed it in a big, bad way. And, you know, instead of playing Ghostbusters or Ninja Turtles, we started playing Power Rangers, man. And it's just something that has always kind of been, I guess, a little bit of a guilty pleasure for me. But I think the nostalgia of those original Rangers is kind of taking over the way that, you know, Ghostbusters is, the way that Ninja Turtles has always kind of done over the past 35 years. Uh, 36 years i apologize um and you know it, it's, it's just a fun little thing and those guys have been shockingly cool to their fans especially david yost who had a not so great time on the set and that's a story that he could tell um, I, I don't need to be putting david's business out there but uh so i just wanted to throw that out there really quickly so happy power rangers day <clears throat> out there to all the power rangers fans excuse my voice I don't know what the hell is going on. Like I was fine yesterday, um, you know, and I haven't been around anybody. I haven't really gone anywhere, so you know, and I, my nose is kind of stuffy. So I don't think it's it's the big bad monster that's floating around the air. I think it's just maybe, um, you know, like a an early seasonal cold or something like that. But um, either that or it's like some weird allergy that I've never had before. Which you know, as you get older, you kind of start to deal with that shit so anyway we're here to talk about bill and ted face the music and this may not be 
a long episode. Uh, to keep this as spoiler-free as possible, you know, I have to jump around a lot and, you know, do my best to not give things away. And that's really, really difficult. But I like doing these spoiler-free uh, reviews to, to give people a chance to decide whether or not you know, they want to watch the movie. So I'm looking at this from a nostalgia factor. Does it feel like Bill and Ted? You know, does the movie keep you engaged and energized throughout the entire movie? But most importantly, was it fun? Did I enjoy watching it? And for some of the movie, I kind of turned off my Bill and Ted hat and just kind of just started watching it like, okay, is this movie fun? Like, like, am, am I going to be able to enjoy this movie knowing that it's not characters that I already have an emotional attachment to? And that, I think, is the most important factor of it. So we're going to break down those three points and then just kind of talk about some of the other things that I felt watching the movie. And, you know, if you're fans of other franchises, like like if you're a fan of another franchise, are you going to be able to enjoy this movie? And my overall take on Bill and Ted Face the Music. That's what we're going to do here today on Money's Crazy Mind. But before we do that, you know, I got to do it. I got to advertise my other show. So, take a listen to this commercial for Slime Square. Do you like listening to podcasts about strange noises in the middle of the night? Have you or your friends or family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? Do you want to know what's causing that feeling of dread in your basement or attic? Well, if the answer to any of those questions is yes, then don't waste another moment. Then pick up your mobile device and find the podcast from the professionals, the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. Our friendly, courteous, and efficient staff have put together this podcast for all your paranormal investigative needs. Just search Slime Square, the official podcast of the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters, wherever you find your podcasts. And remember, we're ready to believe you. Money's crazy mind. Alright, so let's start this conversation about Bill and Ted face the music. So the first question I wanted to answer is, does Bill and Ted face the music feel like a Bill and Ted movie? So I had to get back in that Bill and Ted mind space. Like, how does Bill and Ted look? How does Bill and Ted feel when you're watching it? So I went back and I watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And then I started thinking about the naming convention of these movies. So they had an excellent adventure through time to pass their history exam and to not be broken up. And then they had a bogus journey through hell. And then they had to come back and fight the robot evil thems. And then make this beautiful song and unite the world. Then you get to the movie that just came out. Bill and Ted face the music. That is kind of how I think it would go. You have an excellent adventure, you have a bogus journey, and then you got to face the music. So the naming of it is definitely Bill and Ted. But does the movie feel like a Bill and Ted movie? Almost instantly, they put you right back into that space of this is Bill and Ted. You know, 
watching the Bill and Ted movies in 2020, a lot of people are going to sit there and be like, if this is what people were really like in the late 80s and early 90s, it's amazing we made it out of the 90s. And, you know, the second you see Bill and Ted on screen again, and they're still kind of talking like, we're surfers, dude, and excellent, and bogus, and shit like that. You know, so almost immediately you're like, yep, this is a Bill and Ted movie. It feels like a Bill and Ted movie. And hearing the kids talk in the movie, which there was a little bit of that in the trailer, you're like, okay, yep, this is definitely a Bill and Ted movie. So that feeling of Bill and Ted was there from the start. <clears throat> and you want to you wanna just look at it and... It's that same same level of stupidity. Well, how are we going to do this? Well, you know, let's just see where we do it, and we'll just do what they do, and everything will work out great. You know, so, you know, all of that feeling that you get from any of the Bill and Ted movies, be it Excellent Adventure or Bogus Journey, it's all there. Um, so, yes, Bill and Ted feels like a Bill and Ted movie. 30 years later, it still feels fun. Like, this this movie was very, very fun to watch. And as a Bill and Ted fan, yes, this felt like the next logical chapter. Like, when you, you watch the end of Bogus Journey, and you're seeing all the newspaper articles, Wild Stallions Unite the World, Peace it Unites, Ozone Layer Clears Up, you know, poverty ended. All, all those great things that were coming out of those newspaper articles at the end of, of Bogus Journey. You're like, okay. Great. We don't need another Bill and Ted movie. And I, so I was okay, you know, with there not being a Bill and Ted 3. Much in the way that I'm perfectly fine with the fact that there's not a Wayne's World 3. And... To know that they, they found a way to make a Bill and Ted 3 is really, really fun. So that goes to the next question. Was this movie fun to watch? It was awesome to watch this movie. Not just because it's new entertainment in a time when new entertainment seems to be going the way of dinosaurs. But just because, you know, not everything needs to be the highly sophisticated Marvel epic. Not everything needs to be historically significant or, you know, be some kind of social justice warrior call to action. You know, not everything needs to be that in entertainment. Sometimes you just need that stupid release. And the Bill and Ted movies have always been stupid. And to that extent, there is a certain level of sophistication that comes out of this. When you hear the the girls, Bill and Ted's daughters, talk about, you know, their love of music and the way that they're breaking down all this music, you're like, holy shit, these girls are smarter than they fucking need to be because they're Bill and Ted's kids. And that was fun to me. So, like, okay, 
great. I've established this as a Bill and Ted movie. I know exactly what I'm getting into for the next hour and a half. Now let's just turn off the Bill and Ted nostalgia and watch this movie and see if it can keep my interest for an hour and a half. It does. It really, really does. Like, there were moments where I was sitting there going, what am I watching? Like, this doesn't feel like Bill and Ted anymore. Like, this feels like something different. And the way that they brought in the cameos, like, Kid Cudi is fucking amazing in this movie. I know nothing about Kid Cudi's music, but Kid Cudi in this movie is awesome. And just the people that they got to play, like, the characters of Louis Armstrong and Mozart and Jimi Hendrix, like, you actually feel that those are those people. And, you know, these people shouldn't mess with each other, but they do. And that is what made this movie so great and so fun. Is It's just, if you turn off your nostalgia hat and you watch it for what it is and what it's going to be, you have fun. And you enjoy the movie for an hour and a half. And by God, if that's not what we need in the world right now, it's just a chance to just forget about COVID. Forget about riots. Forget about this. Forget about that. And just enjoy ourselves for an hour and a half and just be like, man, that was fun. That's exactly what this movie is going to do for you. And that's exactly how I left feeling after watching it. And then something miraculous happened when I went back and, you know, rewound it a few times and was just like, okay. All of a sudden, like, I started picking up on different things. Like, holy crap. That's Back to the Future. That's this time travel movie. That's this. That's that. And that made it even more fun. I'm just like, oh my god, like, they're dealing with a major paradox here. And being fans of those other franchises, you kind of just sit back and be like, okay, how are they going to solve this? Because we know how Back to the Future solved it. You know, we know how the time machine didn't solve it. We know how, uh, you know... Planet of the Apes couldn't solve it. You know, like, you just start thinking about other time travel movies and you're just like, okay, how are they going to fucking fix this? And the way they do it is beautiful. It really is. Like, there, there's this feeling of, like, maybe they're not going to be able to fix this because near the climax of the movie, you're like, holy shit, like, they don't have what, what, what what's going on here? And then the realization that, oh my god, we haven't been following them this entire time. We've been following these other people this entire time. It really adds a level to the movie that made me just go, okay, I know what this is now. This isn't a Bill and Ted movie. It is, but it isn't. And it just became a really fun flick. Really fun. So even if you're not a Bill and Ted fan and you've never seen Excellent Adventure or Bogus Journey, you're missing out on two really fun movies. But while this is the conclusion of the Bill and Ted story, this is the start of another story. And I gotta tell you, 
Bill and Ted might have Marvel beat on post-credit scenes. It was awesome. Stupid, but awesome. But that's kind of what a Bill and Ted movie is, man. And that's what this movie felt like. It was stupid, but awesome. Stupid because you have two stupid characters. Awesome in the fact that these two stupid characters seem to figure out how to save the freaking world all the time. <laughs> and, and you know, that's just a fun movie, man. Like, and if you can't have fun watching that kind of a movie, then you're just a fucking curmudgeon times 1,000, man. You know, just thinking back at some of those great moments from the movie, like, it's bringing a smile to my face again. And I think that that is the most genuine thing that I can say about this movie, is that it put a smile on my face in a time when nobody's smiling. Nothing is going well for anybody. And if it is going well for them, then they're fucking millionaires, and I could use a fucking loan. It was just a great escape. And I think that is the easiest way to put it is that this movie is an escape. So I mentioned Time Machine. I mentioned Back to the Future. Well, how does this movie remind you of those things? There are moments in this movie where you're sitting there and you're watching it, and as the story starts taking these different twists and different turns that make it very much a Bill and Ted movie, but also make it very much a time travel movie. All of a sudden, like, you just start thinking at this one critical moment in the movie where you're like oh my god they've created a paradox and what did doc say about paradoxes and you start thinking about back to the future like whoa how are they going to fix this what are they going to do and not only do they create one paradox but by creating the paradox that they created they create another paradox that involves two completely different characters and you're like well how are they how are those two characters going to fix their own paradox and then another paradox spirals out of that paradox and at the meantime the whole fucking movie is a giant paradox. And you don't even think about the fact that the whole movie is saying, we're in a paradox, and because of certain decisions that have happened, not in this movie, but in the two previous movies, this is why the paradox exists, and you need to figure out where you went wrong, and you need to fix the paradox. And that's kind of evident in the trailer, but it gets so much more intricated during the whole story that you're just like, whoa, where the fuck did that come from? And then you start to genuinely feel like, damn, are they going to be able to do this? Because we all know what almost happened in Back to the Future 2. And that's kind of where my brain went, was like, okay, are we following Biff? Or are we following Marty and Doc? Or... Are we kind of like the George McFly in this situation? And nobody wants to be George McFly in alternate 1985. And that's kind of what it felt like. Like, once you get the sense of where the story is going, you're like, holy crap, we're in an alternate 1988 San here. Well, actually, 2020 San Dimas. But it had to be an alternate 2020 San Dimas because nobody was wearing a fucking mask and coronavirus didn't seem to be a thing. But... That was what was cool about it. You're like, okay, great. You know, they're not wearing masks. They're not talking about social distancing. They're not talking about, you know, fucking China viruses and shit like that. So this is just going to be a genuinely fun movie. And then, you know, there's elements of the time machine in there because, you know, every time a new paradox would pop up, it would bring up new dangers and new troubles. And, you know, it's just 
you know, you you see these throwbacks to all these different things, and then the cameos start to happen, and even the cameos, you know, are involving the evolving the story much in a way that you know you would think certain time travel movies would. Like you know, every time you change one thing, something else happens, and very much Back to the Future, but also a little bit of Butterfly Effect. And if you know anything about what I'm talking about, the butterfly effect is a very real thing. Maybe not in the essence of how um, the movie The Butterfly Effect was doing it, but in mathematics there are such things as nonlinear equations. And some people think that those nonlinear equations cause these ripples in time and space. And then it can, like, if a butterfly flaps its wings in New York, a monsoon's going to happen, you know, somewhere else in the world. You know, if I snap my fingers right here, I could possibly cause some big problem somewhere else. While there may be a little bit of evidence in that, in what, in mathematics, you know, the thing may not be true. But basically, that's the definition of a paradox. Change one thing, you change everything. And that idea, you know, kept me engaged in this. I'm, I'm obsessed with time travel stories. So, you know, movies like Back to the Future, movies like The, the Butterfly Effect, um, The Time Machine, H.G. Wells' The Time Machine, you know, all these different things, you know, they make it fun. Doctor Who is one of my all-time favorite TV shows. So just seeing all these different elements of time travel stories, Doctor Who, uh, you know, The Butterfly Effect, Back to the Future, even H.G. Wells' The Time Machine, these all made the movie that much more fun. So if you love time travel movies, even if you haven't seen Excellent Adventure, even if you haven't seen Bogus Journey, you will like Bill and Ted face the music. Okay. Now just the genuine entertainment factor. If you've never seen Bill and Ted, if you've never heard of the characters before, can you enjoy this movie? My thinking on that is yes and here's where i get that evidence from my fiance who hated the first two bill and ted movies when she saw the trailer for bill and ted face the music she's like that actually looks like a pretty decent movie and she hasn't seen it yet so i don't know if she's going to enjoy it or not but just by the fact that she was intrigued by the trailer somebody who can't stand bill and ted is intrigued by the trailer and said, I'd watch that movie. That's enough evidence to me to sit there and go, okay, there might be something to this. Where anybody that doesn't know the mythos of Bill and Ted might actually be able to sit down and enjoy this movie just for the sheer entertainment faction of it. As I kind of stated, you know, the reviews of this movie were excellent. And I've been burned by that in the past. Good reviews, to me, have garnered horrible, horrible movies. And the movies that have gotten bad reviews, to me, have actually been quite entertaining. What I do when I go into a movie, a sequel, a reboot, anything like that, I turn off my nostalgia factor. I don't wear my goggles. I don't wear my hat. I don't do anything that would sully my view of what this movie is. I did it with... Uh, Jurassic World. I did it with Terminator Genesis. I did it with Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, you know, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. I did the same thing. The uh, Planet of the Apes movies that came out about 10 years ago. You know, I did it with those too. 
you know, I, I go into a movie thinking that this is the first story from that story and that the fault, the previous movies have nothing to do with it. Reviews have nothing to do with it. I just want to enjoy myself. And for the most part, not listening to reviews, not going in there with, this is Star Wars, I'm going to love it. This is Star Trek, I'm going to love it. This is Terminator, I might like it. Uh, this is Jurassic Park. I love dinosaurs. I'm going to love this movie. You know, going into these movies blind, you know, not following reviews, maybe watching just one trailer, not watching any of the other trailers, or you know, doing things like that, it's made movies much more enjoyable for me. And what I've noticed is that after I watch the movie, then I'll go back and I'll look at the reviews and I'll look at what other people thought of the movies. And it turns out my opinion d- is different than a lot of the other people. And that kind of scared me because, you know, especially in the social media world that we live in now, sometimes it's hard to get away from those reviews. It's hard to get away from, you know, what other people are saying. I managed to do that with this movie and I watched the movie and I'm like, this was fun. I really enjoyed this movie. And like I said, after about five minutes, I turned off the Bill and Ted nostalgia And just watch the movie as it was. And I genuinely enjoyed it. It made me feel great after the movie was over. And then I went back and I read the reviews. And I'm like, wow. Like, the reviews on this were genuinely positive. It kind of makes you wonder. Because a lot of those old school film reviewers, like the Siskel and Eberts and the people like that, have retired. So there's a possibility that a lot of these people that are reviewing Bill and Ted Face the Music may have never seen Excellent Adventure, may have never seen Bogus Journey, may may not even know that much about the characters. And they went back and they watched the first two movies and then they watched this one and they go, okay, I see what this is. It's just a fun, stupid movie. And I think if people go into it like that, or they're like, I like time travel stories, maybe I like this one too that maybe th- this audi- this movie will bring in a new audience for Bill and Ted, and then people will go back and watch Excellent Adventure, watch Bogus Journey, and say, these movies are fun too. They're great little time travel movies. And for people that, you know, look at time travel movies or time travel TV shows and go, hmm, that looks similar to Doctor Who. That looks similar to this. That looks similar to that, you know. They can find commonalities. And I think that they definitely can make people enjoy this movie for what it really is. Just that. Sheer entertainment. Are the characters rogue scholars? No. Are their kids rogue scholars? Fuck no. You know, but people need to have fun. And in a time when nobody's having fun, because all the fun's been taken away from us, It's good to feel just happy. After I walked away from the movie and I turned off my TV and I said, that was entertaining. That was fun. And then I put the nostalgia goggles back on and I said, okay, this is why it was a fun Bill and Ted movie. This is why it was a fun time travel movie. This is why it was just entertainment at the purest core. Then I started thinking... What can other movies take from this? Like, anybody that has their movie in, you know, COVID limbo, 
right now? What can they take away from Bill and Ted Face the Music and apply it to their own movies that are going to be coming out here soon? And the one that stuck out to me, because I think the story is going to be somewhat similar in a passing of the torch fashion, which this definitely is, is Ghostbusters Afterlife. And that was the first thing that I even said on Facebook after watching the movie. I enjoyed Bill and Ted's ex or Bill and Ted face the music. And I hope that Ghostbusters Afterlife can be to Ghostbusters what Bill and Ted face the music was for Bill and Ted. A genuine heartfelt love story to the original content that also passes the torch on to a new generation. And if that's all I took away from Bill and Ted, then that's all I need to take away from Bill and Ted. But again, with anything, I want everybody out there to just have their own damn opinion. And make your own thought on Bill and Ted. And I know there's a lot of gaps here, and that's because I was trying to find a way to get my points across without revealing anything about the story. And... I apologize about that, but in the coming weeks, I will do a full review of Bill and Ted Face the Music, spoilers and all. I want to wait and give people time to actually watch the movie. This is the day after the movie premiered, and, and you know maybe not everybody that wanted to see the movie has had a chance to see it yet. But that's going to do it for this episode of Money's Crazy Mind. Next week... I got those guys talking DC Comics, and we're finally going to drop that episode on all of you. I wanted to do this one because Bill and Ted, you know, the story was fresh in my mind. And I didn't want to lose any of the thoughts and things that I had in my head. And like I said, we'll take a look at the box office numbers after they drop tomorrow. This is the day after the movie premiered. So it premiered on Friday. This is Saturday. Let's wait and see what what the movie does on Sunday. And then Monday... We'll have a clear view on if this movie was a success or not. I Personally, I think it was. But that's going to do it for Money's Crazy Mind this week. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next week.